Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. We are live. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports in Pittsburgh. He's Ramon out in Hendersonville, Tennessee. And happy Monday, Moan. Happy, happy Monday, man. Uh, how are you today, DK? I don't have any complaints. You know what? When I do, though, uh-huh. they go away instantly as soon as you're <laughs> around. You just lift people up. I, I've heard that from others, too. It's like, yeah, but just go hang with Ramon. Everything will be okay. <laughs> you know what, man? I've heard that on different occasions, too. And you know what? Just stick around with us, then. You might actually smile yourself, DK. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Is that all right if I try to hit the right button this time? <laughs> I think you did. You did. You did. We're good to go now, man. <laughs> all right. We're Woo! good. Oh, okay. my goodness. Uh, all right. So here's how this works, people, meaning when it actually does work. <laughs> go to YouTube Live and go to Facebook. And from there, you can leave us questions, comments, criticisms, hellos, waves, Tell us where you're from, where you're watching, the whole deal, right, Mo? Oh, no doubt about it, man. Like, subscribe, hit that like button. Also, hit the uh, subscribe to the page, too, so you will get an alert, I think, most times, DK. And matter of fact, I'll just go ahead and say it. We're here every day at 3 Central, 4 Eastern PM, okay, daily. So you don't even need a reminder. If you need to, just set your own clock. We'll be here if you are. That's how this works, right, DK? Yeah, that, that's it. That's it completely. Uh, we're going to get started today with RC, who says, Hey, Bone, I collect Steelers trading cards for my son. Are you or other Steelers avid collectors of NFL memorabilia? Uh, NFL memorabilia? Not so much. Well, you know, jersey exchanges are huge. Uh, I've been telling my boys, RC, uh, that they need to stop playing with those Pokemon cards and those trading cards at sports trading cards too, because you never know what they're going to turn into, man. They are here basically playing Frisbee and, 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 and spades with them. We can't do that. Absolutely not. But I, I'm not, I know some guys are into anime. Uh, and I'll say this, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ben has a nice collection of stuff, but it's just personal stuff or guys that he was fans of uh, in his heyday. But this day and age, man, so many people are jersey exchanging <laughs> that they're pretty much collectors anyway of memorabilia. Shady says, poor Ravens, losing Lamar Jackson and not really signing anybody to their team. It, it does wound one, does it not? Do you, do you <laughs> buy into any of it? Do you, I mean, that you know, Lamar announced for anybody who doesn't know uh, today that he requested a trade way back on March 2. Yeah. which is an eternity when it comes to NFL free agency season. Yeah, that is a uh, very interesting DK. Uh, being at the fact that Lamar openly has said it himself, if y'all don't know Lamar's negotiating on his own. He's his own agent slash rep- representation when it comes down to him and his contract situation. They asked, he asked them for a trade. Uh, this case, DK, to me, you let me know where I'm at or if I'm off. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of Le'Veon's situation. 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, there's so many. The thing with with Lamar's situation that's different, really, from everybody's when you get down to it, is that he's representing himself. Mm-hmm. So there's always this feeling, I have anyway, that anything that develops from it stems from, well, would he have taken that action or made that decision had he had professional representation? And you can say what you want about agents, and I've said plenty. Okay, in both in both directions, I've had agents who are the most one, legitimately wonderful people that I've dealt with, and I've had some that are just like the worst humans on earth. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But when you get down to it, they know all of the tricks. They are paid to know stuff that you can't know as an athlete because yeah. you wouldn't have anywhere near the time to come up with it. So, it, it, to me, the whole thing is kind of like. Really, Lamar? Is that what you want to do? You know, yeah. I mean, you you built yourself a pretty nice little house there in Baltimore. He has, and this is the thing that I would tell Lamar: one, if you expect your value to be higher, and Baltimore won't give it to you, do what you feel is right. I can't stop that. No one should, and I don't think he will. Okay, but this is the thing I've learned about the NFL: you are hot until you're not. What happens in the NFL is this, DK. Right, the train continues to move on. Now, Baltimore and him get in a bad situation and no team actually offers Lamar Jackson the contract, then Lamar got to settle for whatever Baltimore decide to do with him. Or, DK, listeners, he has to hold out and not sign the deal and be done with the NFL. Those are his two options, right? Well, those are a couple of options he has for him right now. Yeah, I'm, my own thoughts on the Ravens is, look – they're always going to be the Ravens. They're going to be tough, and they're going to be all this other stuff here. But when is the last time they scared you offensively? Okay, it's been a other while. Than his, yeah, I was going to say, other than like his first couple his, of years of trying MVP to figure year. out and even what's then, the ant hole look like. Even then, yeah, and that's had true. Him. That's true. Even he then, is Pittsburgh dynamic. Had him. The thing is, no. in his advantage, he is the quarterback of their franchise, and he kind of got Baltimore in the palm of his hand other than what they're actually pay, want to pay him right now. I know I saw a lot of Steeler fans in here saying this, DK. Let me put this one up. You got that Go one ahead. saved already? This, this is this is Steeler Nation. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. I, feel so- <laughs> I feel so bad for the Ravens, says John Pell. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's, that's pretty much the story here. John Gorman asks, what's up, guys? I'm ready for the draft to be here. Really interested to see what Omar Khan does in his first draft. I am too, Moan, and I think John's talking about the, you know, the technical approach. How are they going to handle it? Who's going to do what? I mean, there's a lot of it that's been made known, such yeah. as that Andy Weidel builds the board. The Steelers tend to almost, to a boring extent, follow their board. Mm-hmm. But come on, there's there's stuff that you don't know and can't know until they're in the moment. No doubt about it. And I think, you know, uh, Omar's situation is being able to make this team work financially and also the day-to-day management of it too. That draft board conversation, he will have his hand in the pile also. He will also be a guy that knows the makeup and DNA of Pittsburgh. That's the thing about Pittsburgh is you know there's a template for how we operate, right? And Omar Khan right now is the guy that's kind of molding that and keeping that above board. I'm excited to see what it's going to be. It will be interesting to see how they go. Uh, I was having a conversation earlier. It seems like this may be an offensive free agency side of the ball as far as this year goes, and they tried to do everything else through the draft. I'm interested to see if they go corner or D-line in that first uh, first round for the Steelers. Man, this is it's really exciting for me. I will say that. Yeah, it, it, there's, a, there's a whole 
I don't know. I guess maybe it's just between the fact that they've done so much in, in, in to, to affect the change that's already come into play here. But the fact that they've – you know what does it for me? What's that? Okay. What does it for me is that they've made the changes that they have on the offensive line and that the offensive line looks fortified. Can I can I get that out of my system yes. here? 100%. Because I haven't been able to move past that for two years now. Do you no. see what I'm saying? Yeah, no. Now, once you have that, all right, now you got your quarterback, you got your running back, you got a couple of receivers. Now start start drafting some candy, you know? <laughs> start. You sound like a fan now, DK. That's what you sound like. Give me the exciting pick. You know what the exciting pick still is? JPJ, Joey Porter Jr. That's what you want to see come through that door, DK. I love it. I'll tell you what, though, I, I could also be very easily swayed toward defensive line. Steven says, hello, DK and Moan. Finally got to see you guys live watching from Texas. Hey, wherever you're from, let us know. Hey, we, we, go. we had a fun run on the last episode where I asked a similar question. We got all these like exotic answers from Vietnam, from Japan, whatever. One dude just says, I'm from Lawrenceville. <laughs> I used to get uh, – I got a couple tattoos over there in Lawrenceville, DK. Oh, you did? Yeah, heck yeah, man. Uh, Lawrenceville, no doubt about it. Yeah, gosh, uh, which which arm was it? It's this that. one over here. Yeah, absolutely. He did this ink for me. Yep, there sure it did. is. Right on, right on Butler Street. Yeah, that's where I was. Mm -hmm. Teresa says, hey, Moan, do you think the NFL, this is a good one, is risking alienating fans if they allow games to be flexed all three days? Doesn't the league appreciate fans being in stadiums, fans watching on TV do – uh, the only thing I'll, I'll mention here, what Teresa is referring to here, just to, to clarify for people who don't know, is that the NFL is considering being open to flexing teams X number of times a year to Thursday games. I am here to tell you that with the Steelers nation, that will be a catastrophe because 40% of the Steelers season ticket base does not live anywhere near Western Pennsylvania, and they fly in for games. They want to know when they have to fly in. Very adult and responsible question right there, Teresa, because yeah. I'm with you. You got to change your plans. You got to be able to ask off of work. You got to be able to, if you're not going, resell your tickets for profit, you hope. But I'll say this, the NFL, I do know this, loves this fan. It is. You guys are the, are the heartbeat of all things NFL. I don't think they're planning on sacrificing the in-person viewer of football. But I, I will say this, when it comes down to uh, how they're going to operate, the gambling side of it helps them. The big TV deal side of it helps them. But the organic fans in the stadium is what really matters the most. So I'm hoping they have the ability to say, hey, this is the at least the possibility. I've learned this too. When the season drops and you get the destination cities where you're going to be at in the time, I've learned a lot of people uh, go ahead and book hotels in advance. So they can't screw that up. They got to do right by the fans on this one. Yeah, I, I, I see it the same way. And I, you know, I remember it wasn't all that long ago that a lot of NFL owners were panicking over uh, how do we get fans to come into the stadiums and stay and make sure that they have a good experience and hook them up with the best Wi-Fi and make yeah. sure that they have the ability to order certain things, whether it was on an iPad at their seats and everything. And then Jerry builds his stadium where the mm -hmm. upper level, Moan, you've been in there. Oh, my. You need a telescope. <laughs> oh, and, my. 
and and it's 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 not a healthy situation. You have to be you have to be mindful of that if you're an NFL owner. You do, and I will say this too: and if the NFL has made it their their point to make sure stadiums beautify themselves too, making them more comfortable for the fan. Hinesville and the uh, is it the north end zone too, the side of the river? Yep, they made a whole section over there too, DK. Like every stadium is going through this to make it better for the fan experience. So I feel like they have to make sure that you guys and me now too are are coming to those games and filling seats up. Steelers girl is is one of the many people giving a shout with a location. She says she's in Cincinnati. I'm going to be in Cincinnati too uh, this week on uh, Thursday. The Pirates open up against the Reds. They open their 142nd season of major league baseball in pittsburgh you want to talk about talk about some serious history here i have one coming in from david he says hey moan what do you think of adding a guy (laughs) look at his face what do you think of adding a guy like darnell washington via the draft even with the re-signing of zach gentry every this kid on popularity you hear me Darnell Washington off popularity alone is a first round draft pick. Okay. If there was a first round of popularity, he is in it. Do you understand me? Everybody's intrigued by the specimen that he is because he's essentially an extra offensive lineman because of his size. Okay. But he also has very subtle and supple hands when it comes down to him catching the ball. I don't think Georgia even just like attempted to tap in to what he's capable of. So I see the intrigue. Zach Gentry coming back in, I think, kind of knocks you down a totem pole. And also this too, DK, you mentioned a second ago, the idea that this team has kind of set their footing with what the offense is moving moving ahead. I think early on, at least, maybe one of these picks will, will be mostly defense, but I think you might get one guy. I don't know if that one guy's going to be Darnell Washington, though. Tony wants to know what you think of uh, the prospect or potential of Stetson Bennett in the National Football League. Well, that's his quarterback right there, too. Uh, Very interesting. Stetson, to me, is going to be a way better college player than he ever will be NFL player. If he gets drafted, it's it's simply just going to be on the idea that he's a backup. Uh, That's my personal opinion of him. I don't see him coming into the league, taking the league by storm. He comes in with maturity because I think he's like 25, 26 years old, but he also got some baggage. Recently uh, arrested in Dallas for public drunkenness and evading police, so... That knocks him down even more. If he was a draft pick, he's a late undrafted guy now. Jeff Wagner says, hey, Moan, does does the Steelers adding tackle LaRaven Clark affect Kevin Dotson? I think you got your positions a little mixed up there, Jeff. Yeah. But, the, but the addition of LaRaven Clark as well as Nate Herbig, uh, these are depth guys, but they're depth guys who, and I'm going to quote Mike Go Tomlin on. from this weekend in Phoenix because he used the term a lot, starter capable. That was the kind of depth that they were looking for because, again, paraphrasing Tomlin, they want to make sure that their offensive line – look, he said it himself. We're not going to get that lucky two years in a row to have (laughs) all five guys uh, play virtually every snap, okay? Uh, And that that was a blessing for them and everything else and it allowed them to grow together, but it's not going to happen two years in a row. Never again, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. affect them. Two totally different positions. If anything, this gives uh, balance to the tackles, which, DK, I couldn't tell you much about who the uh, the Steelers' backup tackles were last year. So to your point, they're not willing to roll the dice on just having those five guys be the starters. Speaking of Tomlin's remarks out in Phoenix, and he, of course, is out there attending the what's called the NFL annual meeting, uh, where everybody in the football world goes. 
uh, once a year. It's the first time Tomlin's spoken since the end of the season. That's another Tomlin staple. Rosie says, hey, Moan, I just read that Tomlin might use Patrick Peterson as a safety sometimes. What do you think of that? Um, that, that is a natural transition, though, DK, if I can say yeah. that. Because why? If he's not a covered guy, as far as speed allows himself to be, then he's got to be a guy that's able at least, I mean, able to at least erase some big plays over the middle. He understands defense. He's a smart guy. He's been around the league a very long time. If you're not asking him to be the in-the-box physical guy, because that's Mika, correct? Then mm-hmm. his ability to cover up those tight ends in a tight red zone which also lends ourselves to, if you listen to Coach Tomlin, he's going to give you the answers to the test. Moving Pat Peterson, the safety does what, DK? That means you may bring in a young corner during the draft to kind of grow up a little bit with Minka, Pat Peterson, and himself on the field. So that's what I'm reading into. Yeah, I mean, Peterson did say he had that flexibility that he could try different things, would actually be excited about trying different things. He's got way more than the experience and mental aptitude and everything else to be able uh, to handle any such thing. This might be my favorite one I've seen so far here. Mark McCoy asks, hey, Moan, do you think that Kenny Pickett will make a big second-year jump? Do you think he can become a top-10 quarterback in the league? Big second-year jump? Yes. Why? And I would tell you this, it's necessary. Big second year jump to DK because he's played. If he had only had like marginal reps and not, you know, a succession of just plays in a row and starts in a row, then we'd be having a different conversa- uh, conversation of hoping. I think he will make a big jump too. Being a top 10 quarterback in this league, though, uh, that's yet to be seen because that's such a moving target, man. We you, you Ask yourself, is Lamar Jackson still a top 10 uh, quarterback in this league? Like, if, if Justin Herbert don't kind of get it together, the potential right now is he's a top 10 guy. But how long does he stay if he can't take them deeper into the playoffs and win big-time games too? So uh, I'm, I'm all for him being a top 10 guy, but and especially since he's got protection now too, more protection. Oh, he's got protection, that's for sure. <laughs> Hussocalypse asks, hey, Mo, do you think the coaches are going to move Connor Hayward to fullback since there's been no sign yet of resigning Derek Watt? I think you're going to leave him at the tight end position. The thing about it, though, he will do some tight end stuff. If you guys look at it, a few guys on the team are really positionless or they have multiple positions to DK. There is no rhyme or reason to when he's going to be a lead blocker or when he's going to be a pass catching tight end. He just better be ready to run those plays when it comes uh, to his number being called. He won't be designated, though, as a as a fullback. I doubt that. Yeah, Tony says, damn good point, Moan. We don't even know which one he's referring to, but I would just assume that it's all of them. Uh, no problem. <laughs> By the way, I think on that Kevin Dotson conversation, Jeff Wagner was saying this. He meant um, he meant Dan Moore. So, uh, yeah, oh, okay. I, I yes. see what you're saying here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that's La- what I thought he had the positions mixed up here, but we, we took it in the right spirit there. La- yeah, LaRaven and, and Dan Moore won't be in the same conversation. I think Dan Moore is the franchise guy. Oh, okay. Why mess it up? All right. Uh, Weaver unless, says, finally. Uh, yeah, unless the yeah, draft I'm, right. Well, finally, course, I yeah. was able to catch you all live. Hey, Moan, any update on Bud? Also, what's your most memorable game that you've played? 
Uh, no update on Bud just yet. I don't want to pester my friends about what they're going to do. I hate to be the breaking news guy, too, because you can be wrong, and then that can get very addictive, too. Uh, so I'm going to wait on Bud. He texts me with it. I'll just tell you this. I'll text him and say, hey, if you make a decision, give me the wink, okay? Just so you know. Uh, <laughs> most, most, emoji. Yeah, give me the wink emoji and give me the colors of the team. Uh, with that being said, most memorable game, I I'd probably go that AFC championship game. Me and my wife was just talking about that over the weekend, how cold it was, how they had us beat, and how the, the focus point was on Rex Ryan and his guys and how good Mark Sanchez was. And for us to win that game in Hinesville, a.k.a. Ackershore now, beautiful moment. And, of course, there are other games too, but that game, and I'll say the significance of it too, DK, mm. I was thinking immediately, oh, we're going back every year. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's human nature, though. Nobody can blame you for thinking that. Um, I, I've heard mm -hmm. that from, especially, you know where I've heard that from more than anybody? Are athletes that? like yourself who made it to the highest point very early in their careers. <laughs> okay, well, you get to that Super Bowl. Come on, you were thinking the same thing. I was. Just do it, just do it next year. We'll just, just do, do it, it next, next, year. next year. And it, it's very different, uh, you know, the, the the mindset that develops once the athlete gets older and you've missed the playoffs. Well, you, you didn't. You guys didn't really miss the playoffs, but right. uh, you know, getting there and not getting very far, and it's like, yeah, it's it starts to add up. And then by by the time you got into your, I'd say your seventh or eighth year, you were a you were a broken record when it came to <laughs> what what it is that you wanted to achieve. You all you would talk about is Super Bowl this, Super the Bowl ring. that. Yeah, the ring. That's all I, I was I, chasing. Couldn't, I couldn't get anything else out of you when it came to objectives. No, and you weren't going to tell me we weren't going to make it either because we were hyper-competitive, DK. It wasn't a year from – I'd say from year six on up, DK, that we weren't in the conversation nationally from the big networks and also just in the city of Pittsburgh too. Like, we were always in the, the conversation. Mm -hmm. Danny Kramer has a really good one here. He says, Mel Kuyper Jr. said that if Kenny came out this year, he'd be about the fifth quarterback taken, really. Now, Kuyper's not the only one who has said that. Uh, you, I, just before I throw it to you here, Moan, I, my own thought on this is people who analyze the draft view everything from the prism of the draft itself. Yeah. And it's impossible to throw a hypothetical like this their way because they're going to answer it based on where Kenny was as a draft pick versus where Kenny is after a year in the National Football League and having proven himself. Does that make sense? 100%. And you know what? If you take your emotions out and you're being real about the conversation, you could get, gain some understanding too. Because, and I'll say this, maybe Pittsburgh is not picking Kenny Pickett. Maybe they're picking another quarterback too. That's the answer to what he's saying too, is maybe you got another guy, DK. And I, I would also say this too, man. Uh that where you pick guys, how they're slated, doesn't equate. Franchise spend decades, okay? One, two, three decades trying to find a franchise guy. If you as a, a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers have seen enough out of Kenny Pickett to believe that he's your guy and, and believe that he's going to grow and be a better pro than some of these guys who are 25, 24, 26 years old, be okay with Kenny Pickett too. I can't even wrap my head around that kind of thinking. You are comparing him to to four quarterbacks <laughs> Come who on, have never taken a snap in the National Football League. Again, if you want to have the reverse 
argument as, okay, Kenny's coming out of college right now. And where would he be within that class? That's a valid topic. But to look back retroactively and to pretend that Kenny didn't just have the NFL welcoming that he had as a quarterback is insane. It's clinically insane. And these people who inflate college football versus the NFL are out of their minds. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, DK. I just, yeah. Um, let's let's see what else we got here. Um, I don't even know what that one means here. Let's go to <laughs> another one here. Uh, Brian says, Mel Kuyper's a buffoon with Kenny. Pitt wins the ACC, and he was top three in the Heisman. Well, there's that, too. Not, I mean, the quarterback class wasn't great. And for the next guy behind him was Malik Willis. It wasn't a great class. That part's fair. Exactly, man. Hey, you guys got Kenny Pickett. I got one for you, though, DK. You guys have Kenny Pickett, and I think I'm okay with that, too. Never be looking outside of that door because that guy may be maxed by a really good offensive coordinator as far as that goes, okay? No, not really. Write down his, his last mock draft and then go through the draft and tell me how close he actually is. No, absolutely not right there on the water. No. This is the one I'm intrigued by a little bit, too, from Alex Flores that goes, hey, Moan, talking about Lamar, because why? There's a whole lot of sympathy and prayers being sent to the Baltimore Ravens. (laughs) (laughs) Why not sign an MVP and give him what he wants? Did Deshaun ruin everything for the quarterback? You know I like the business of the quarterback, right? Uh, So this is where I'm at on the contract side for Lamar versus Deshaun. The Browns were desperate. He told them, no, I don't want to come there, as far as the reports say. And they said, okay, well, we're going to give you all your money guaranteed. Did they mess it up on the player union side? No. More players should get more guaranteed contracts. When it also comes down to Lamar and his negotiation of his deal, I've told guys, if we can't win when it comes down to the lockout and to the the, the business goings of the NFL, meaning the, the, the CBA and everything, then what guys have to do is what Laramie Tunsil did. Bet on yourself. Do shorter deals, all guaranteed money. Laramie Tunsil got three for $75 million, basically changed the offensive line market at $25-plus million a year. Guys want the long-term uh, insurance, and they also want the uh, they, they also want the security of it also, and that big number. No, three for 75 sounds real legit, does it not, DK? Oh, it does. <laughs> and this dude's going to be 31, I think, by the time, or about 32 by the time he's done with this deal, so he can get another deal. So, Browns being the Browns, uh, but shout-out to Deshaun for getting the bag. Yeah, Justin has a really good one, too, here. And we should have brought this up earlier ourselves. Uh, he says, hey, Moan, were you surprised that Terrell Edmonds left for such a low price? You've seen the contract, I right, I did Moan? see it. Yeah, I did. Now, now, look, I, all things being in perspective here, I'm not going to play a violin for somebody who's getting $2 million in the coming year. All of us should be so fortunate. Right. He is going to max out at 2.85, but this is – back-to-back years in which Terrell was just left with nothing. And NFL relative. Okay? Uh, yeah. NFL relative. And Mike Tomlin, when he was asked about TE today, just gave some kind of, you know, we appreciate him. We He, he didn't sound like he regretted losing him. No. Uh, um, you know, I've seen, and so have you, when Tomlin gets really like, wow, we can't believe this happened or this is awful or whatever – and that wasn't the case here with TE. What the heck, Moan? What, what, what are we missing here? That bow had just sailed. 
T.E. T.E. is not a he's not a, a attitude guy. He's not a, a a cancer when it comes to the defense. He's a hard worker. It's just y'all. Sometimes you, the, the, you and the team have just ran its course. And I think when T. Am I shocked by Edmonds leaving? No, because he told us he was. I guarantee you somewhere somehow in the breakdown of the deal, it was either too low that what Pittsburgh was offering. And Pittsburgh probably felt like they had better options if that means Patrick Peterson being able to play safety and those pass protecting, uh, I mean, those pass defending ways. Again, this is a, a big conversation that happens in that war room, DK, that they got to decide what's the trajectory for this team moving forward. And, 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 and T.E. just wasn't in it. <laughs> well, he, he also mentioned, uh, for the record, that the thing that they liked about DeMonte Casey in terms of preferring him over TE was his ability to be on the football. Uh, this is a head coach who values the football. Uh, he is going to make decisions based on who is going to be most likely to get him yeah. the football. I'm yeah. talking about the defensive side. Of course, that's a, you know, that's a pretty big deal. It, is DK, you know, especially when it's tied for the league lead with interceptions, 20 I interceptions. Would, I would say this too, with still such a very young offensive side of the ball, too. Yeah, Ryan says, Oh man, hey, do you ever want to line up on the defensive line and take on DeCastro or Pouncey? The answer to that, excuse me, DK, is hell no, okay. <laughs> Because there would did be you no play point. defense at any point in high school. Yeah, oh you man, I, yeah, Where? I was uh, D tackle and DN. Uh, I was gonna, say I that. was murdering people. DK, <laughs> you hear me? I was letting them have it on the defense. It was so bad they would just cut me whenever I came off the ball. Okay, uh, but with that being said, as hard as we went at each other in practice, there was no need to see what one could do. And besides this, too, we play offensive line for a reason. Mm -hmm. We're not going to that side of the ball. You hear me? No, there's uh, it's it's. It's the same as true for them, though. Yeah. If you were to put those guys, even the most dynamic defensive players, into a position <laughs> where they were – right, right, right. Okay? Like even – like T.J. Watt, you say, okay, T.J., you're the left tackle on this, bro. Yeah. What would happen to T.J.? Uh, oh, my gosh. We just plow right <laughs> through his face. We just plow right through his face. you got to be kidding me. Oh my gosh! I wish Cam would take a guard set. Oh my god! Oh, that'd be man. a com that'd be a comedy show. That's some good stuff. Moan has some brains left. Says <laughs> LL. Who would hey, line up against those guys? The way we challenge each other in practice. Oh my! It, it wouldn't even it wouldn't even be worth it anyway. We'd be so tired. We've got time for a couple more today. And Dean says, "Man, this might be the best set of questions we've had." It is. Dean says, hey, Moan and DK, with the new additions to the offensive line, will it take half a year for them to gel again? <laughs> no, I think that's a totally legit yeah. thing to bring up. If your left side of your line, depending on how this shakes out yeah. with Dan Moore and everything else here, you know you've got a new left guard. Is it going to take a long time? I don't think so. Why? One, because this group has been there. This is just like Alejandro coming into the fold or Chris Hubbard starting with us. You see what I'm saying? Hey, just welcome him in. When Cody Wallace came in, you didn't see much of a drop-off because the group was there already. You got Chooks, James Daniel, Mason Cole, and you also got Dan Moore should be better with experience. Now, again, I know what we're looking at, that one spot between Dotson and between Samelo. So those two got to figure it out. And the thing about either one of those dudes, they're seasoned vets already, and the quicker they get this figured out, the better for everybody. I honestly think 
we may see more stuff happen before actual camp happens, DK. Uh, but, yeah, no, I don't think it's going to take much long. I mean, I don't think it's going to take long for them to get it together. Well, the other thing that I'll add from, from having been around these guys all season long is that the other thing that they were missing going into last season, they didn't even know each other. Okay? No. And they didn't know who was going to be the spokesperson for the group. Nope. That kind of happened. It became yeah. Mason Cole fairly early, but it didn't start out that way. Mm -hmm. uh, there were all kinds of questions off the field yeah. that they had about each other. And they yeah. would tell me this openly. <laughs> they would just be like, you know, I don't know. Not, not by naming names or anything. Yeah. I don't know where we're supposed to be when this happens. What happens now? This is stuff that Kevin Dotson was wonderful, especially in articulating. Where yeah. you say, listen, these two things went wrong. What was I supposed to do in that mm -hmm. situation? I, I know. I, and, and that's the beauty of what we got going on, though, DK, is this group is pretty much complete, and there is not much looking around other than inside that room. And I think right now those dudes have their, their mission as far as what's expected this year moving forward. Oh, man. Okay. A couple more. Chad says, hey, Moan, I'm supposed to be working. I like this. Do you draft a corner and switch Pat Peterson to safety? Or do you draft a safety such as Brian Branch? I think on the defensive side of this, love I think the Brian most important Branch. one is, uh, yeah. Well, you, I love Brian Branch, but I love a corner. I yeah. would. Uh, that position right there lasts longer. We're watching T.E. being pushed out because what? Sad to say, but he's not Minka as far as his dynamic play in this league. And there's only so many safeties in this league that last two big contracts. And if you're not one of those type of dudes, it's kind of hard to stay with teams. So I'd rather a corner who's very solid. Here comes one from Brazil. Rafael says, hey, Moan, how different is it? How different did it feel to protect a future Hall of Famer in Ben from the other quarterback that you were in front of? And I mean, you, you were mostly in front of Ben, obviously, but I, I see what he's saying here. There's, there's a different sense of responsibility, isn't there? It is a different set of responsibility because Ben don't have to say much. You almost give like there's a room for error for the backup guys. One, because you don't know them like that. Two, they're not Ben also. But three, it's just a difference in timing when it comes down to the guys that play after Ben. It was a different uh, It was a different mission when you had to go out and protect a guy like him uh, simply because the franchise relied on you keeping him in the pocket and keeping him healthy. So, yeah, there's a lot of pressure and angst that go into that that job of protecting seven. And Crystal's going to close out our show for the day. She asks, Ramon, please put your players' union rep hat back on. Is the NFL headed for a lockout again? Uh, some of these contracts don't seem to be balanced. Example, the quarterback and the wide receiver. How do you feel about a quarterback cap? I'll take her question and, and – and modify it there. I got like, uh, I'll quarterback answer this. I only cap. We'll end with a funny one too, DK. Uh, I got mm -hmm. one in that I got that I got starred for. Oh, okay. It's, it's right. this one though. Uh, so putting on my cap. Let me tell you this, Crystal. The, the the way the money is distributed is not changing. It hasn't changed. That's one thing we always mention when it comes down to uh to the CBA is this. There needs to be more money dispersed to the core players. But all the NFL teams are required to do is spend a certain amount of the cap. So if you got a franchise quarterback, a, a defensive end, a corner, a wide receiver, and a left tackle, that's where the money is still going. This, Crystal, is a situation in which they're spending what you tell them to and nothing's going to change behind that. What I will say is this. 
Guys have to kind of leverage themselves a little bit more when it comes down to the guaranteed money and how you elevate yourself as far as your contract, maybe shorter years, getting more money up front. That's not going to change. Um, and this is the other part, too, that I always tell the fans. Everybody worry about the players' contract and what they're getting, right? But if that right. money's being paid out, Imagine how much the ownership is bringing in, too. So nobody's going to complain about them. I'm not mad about those guys getting it if the owners are, are bringing in hundreds of millions regardless each year. So I'm looking at the owners and say, y'all spread it out. Give it to that starting right guard that don't make a whole lot. Give it to that uh, that nose tackle. Give it to that safety, Terrell Edmonds. But no, they don't have to. What, no what's your snacks? Shed, I mean, I, I'm I'm with you 100%. What was the last one that you had? You had something you had wanted to put up. Yeah, I thought this one was a funny one because I've never actually been asked this question right here. If there was one another head coach slash team you had to play for, who would it have been? Uh, and also, who, how's about the last choices? The coach I'd have probably been most intrigued to play for is probably Pete Carroll in Seattle Seahawks. Hmm, why? Because Pete, all I've ever heard is a player's coach where he understands what players need and how you go about it. And I always looked at them as like being on the forefront of Seattle with their health, player safety. I know they had a couple like OTA situations and stuff like that. They got some practice taken away. But the idea, I, I'm intrigued also by Seattle. I haven't visited yet. Me and my wife were talking about that. Like I want to mm -hmm. go visit the Northwest. Uh, and I thought it'd be pretty cool to kid from the South playing in Seattle for a guy like Pete Carroll as, as much success as he's had. Uh, last choice. <laughs> I'm laughing. Hang on, because I just I'm picturing you being at the line of scrimmage when they call that pass play. I doubt. Instead of giving the ball to Marshawn. Oh my! That's <laughs> a good thing I like, wasn't there. Hang on a second, coach. You know yeah. who we have back here, right? Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> oh my gosh, dog! I'd have I'd have lost it. I'm, I know they did too. Uh, uh, and the last team to play for, even to this day, the Browns. Yeah. Just <laughs> look at my facial expression. Uh, Browns, y'all. And I was probably that close to going uh, to them as an undrafted guy because they, they, I like to say, recruited me. They were on the phone probably more than anybody until I read through the fluff of the situation. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, we want to thank everybody for being part of this show today uh, and invite you back tomorrow at four o'clock we might have a surprise for you later in the week depending on how some things come out i want to over promise and under deliver here right. so we'll, you know we'll we'll see how that goes here brent invites uh, ramon to come to seattle sometime he says there's plenty of steelers bars here and amazing food they also have the original starbucks i want to go to the fresh market and see them throw the fish around like i'm intrigued by uh, this pike's, pike's place market is where the the original starbucks is it's in a really cool generally a cool section of town that's not yeah. that far from where the seahawks and mariners uh both play and we will give a wave here a special wave to jerry valton and way over in finland uh and do this again tomorrow right yeah i'll be here if you are dk and y'all be here too let's let's do that and this time i'm going to see if i can hit the right button on the outro yeah peace